0: bases, Jonathan Perrin. What's up?
1: Not much, man. Good to be here. Oh, Cheers, yeah. my friend. Cheers. Always. Always a pleasure to get a chance to shoot it with you. Uh, second appearance. Am I your first repeat offender on here? Yeah. Yep. Hey, there
0: we go. I got the crown. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yeah, you are. Uh, you are the number one second timer on the new rebrand whole idea and uh shit I think we'll just jump into it all right let's go all right so last week there was the Cubs prospect that got caught with the 21 pounds of meth and in the article it said that he did it for only 500 bucks do you think that if the if minor leaguers made more than what they do, do you think that there would still be this issue? Ju- just for 500 bucks.
1: Uh Well, yeah, so minor leaguers should definitely make more money. I don't know if you should necessarily resort to slanging meth. uh <laughs> or I sounds like he wasn't even slanging it, he was just transporting, was transporting it. it. Yep. Um you know so that is an unfortunate situation that that young man uh got himself in where he felt like he needed to do that to to make a few hundred bucks man that's that's sad um you know it's a that's a tough that's a tough one but i don't know if i can i can go as far as to say you should go slang math to make ends meet in the <laughs> off season even even during a global pandemic but uh that's true you are right Minor leaguers definitely should be getting paid more, uh, and there are a lot of steps being taken. Uh, we're already going to see a pay raise this year, which is nice. Um, oh, minor what did leaguers say are going. They it was
0: going to be. Uh,
1: it looks like it's going to be somewhere around fifty percent across the board, is what is what I've been hearing. That's bad. But uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens, when the first paychecks actually uh, get cut. So, um, and unfortunately, that did come at the expense of. 42 minor league franchises being cut from affiliation and, and forced to do something else. Uh, but, you know, baby steps, small progress and at least uh, we're trending in the right direction as far as uh, actual dollar figures go uh, in those guys' pockets.
0: That is true. So when, let's say, cause I think the uh, minor is report next week, yeah, I that's wonder, correct. Yeah, so then, I mean, like, I wonder if... So, because usually, like, everyone goes to spring training at the same time, correct? Am I right on that? Uh,
1: usu- well, so usually, yeah, you have the big leaguers and the minor leaguers there together, but now you'll just have, as the mi- all the big league guys will have shipped out, uh, and then they'll bring in their uh, minor league guys from there, uh, starting next week. So so I guess like from what I've heard
0: is that that is also a way that they're going to keep like the pay down. I mean, I mean because the minor league season won't be as long.
1: Right. Yeah. So that's the other thing is you don't get paid in spring training uh, in the minor leagues or the major leagues in the, in the major leagues, you do get uh, a stipend per diem uh, the same way you do in the minor leagues, but in the minor leagues it's $25 a day. Uh or it was I believe that number is going up versus in the big leagues you know in major league camp you make about eleven twelve hundred dollars a week uh in your stipend so big big difference of That's you know hundred and seventy five bucks a week versus twelve hundred uh so it gets a little thin down there, but you're right you don't only get paid uh during the season, so other part of that uh is you also do not get paid in the off season uh, as a professional baseball player, so you're basically getting paid. Uh pennies on the dollar for what you're worth for five months out of the year, and then you're still expected to train at an elite level. So that is kind of a the long story short of the gripe against why minor league pay should be changed. There's there's
0: a lot of issues and was it uh, so the new C the new CBA for majors in twenty twenty two, correct?
1: Yeah. So it expires after this year in the big leagues. So that's, that's going to be a whole nother set of issues is, you know, whether or not there's going to be a, a labor agreement done before um, next spring training. So I'm just excited that there's baseball being played, but yeah. it sounds like we're going to get a full season uh, because that is going to be a little dicey and I'm not a hundred percent sure that we'll play a full season of baseball next year.
0: Yeah. my, I was actually talking to a uh so one of the sports reporters like for the Acme Hero like which is like where I'm from and we were talking about um next year and we both agree that there will be a strike in the beginning of 2022. That is just what I mean I think will happen.
1: I I just tend to because, agree with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean because I mean because we kind of saw like last year in 2020, like with just trying to bring baseball back and that, and they could not come to agreement with what was like the
1: difference of 10 games. Right. And yeah. It, there's, there's a lot of sticking points between the the union and the owners right now. And it's, I, you saw how much of an impasse it was, you know, this past year. And I just don't think that that's going to get much better uh here going forward. And if anything, I think coronavirus probably um accelerated that or, you know, added to the fuel to the fire, if you will, as far oh, yeah. as causing some tension between the players and the owners, even more so than was already there. Um, you know, due to the fact of kind of what's happened in the free agent market over the past couple off seasons. Uh and now, you know, revenues got cut way down, the sal- the salary cuts that guys took last year. I mean we didn't even know when spring training was going to start in Fe- at the first week of February. It was like, you know, it was 10 or 11 days before guys reported that they actually found out that they were going to have a regular spring training in a 162 game season. So, it's a it's a little dicey out there from a from a labor de- negotiation standpoint at the big league level. How was how was going down in Arizona? Oh, it was great, you know, for me just to, that was the first time I'd gotten to see professional baseball you know I didn't get yeah. to watch any professional baseball at all last year in person and uh, so for me to get to go out there and, and see some some friends and some clients and and former teammates out there and get to watch some great baseball see big league baseball back with fans in the stands yeah. you know even at a limited capacity it was It did my soul good, man. It's good to have baseball (laughs) back, and like I said, I'm I'm super excited that they're gonna play 162 this year.
0: So, so like, cause you went down there, I guess, like to talk to clients, like for like what you do. So, what do you do? I guess, like, I guess, like, since we probably talked, I guess, on the podcast back July. So, like, what has happened for you in the past eight months in? I guess, like in the baseball, like the finance world?
1: Yeah, so I'm a financial advisor uh, at Waterfront Advisors uh, in Overland Park, Kansas. So uh, I'm a former professional baseball player, obviously. And uh, during my last two years of pro ball, I was working with a former podcast guest of yours, Jonathan Fink, at his uh, investment management firm as an advisor while I was still playing. Uh, and then last year around this time, you know, the pandemic was going on. Uh, spring training it got shut down, and I was still a free agent, I hadn't gotten a contract yet. So, decided to go ahead and and pivot and go full time into the the financial advisory business. I've uh, been doing that for almost a year now, full time. And uh, yeah, so I I took that knowledge that I knew from uh, from playing and and doing that as a player, and have started to work with some current former teammates of mine and professional guys uh as well as you know starting to work with some guys coming up through the draft this year as well yep uh so that was a lot of fun just getting to go out and see you know a couple college guys that i've, I've been talking through some things with here leading up to the draft and in, in july uh and then you know just talking to some former teammates and, and seeing some good friends and and getting some guys set up for their season you know getting the budgets locked in and everything and then also got to go out there and uh see my uh Good buddy and uh, the co-founder of More Than Baseball, mm-hmm. an organization that works for advocating for minor leaguers, uh, Jeremy Wolf. He's a great guy. I, you've had him on the podcast yep. as well. Oh, yeah. So uh, an old friend. Shout out Jeremy uh, and the More Than Baseball family. Uh, so I'm a volunteer director of financial education for them as well. Uh, so we've been doing some stuff uh, for minor league guys here this offseason season putting together some webinars, uh, putting together some content for them, you know, helping them build budgets, understanding what they need to expect here. You know, it's the middle of tax season right now. So helping guys understand what paperwork they need to be able to get their taxes filed, just, just very basic stuff, trying to be a resource for those guys who, who may not necessarily have access to that type of stuff uh, otherwise. Yeah, there's a, I guess I guess you can kind of call me a brand
0: ambassador for more than baseball because I mean I do have their uh, their logo tattooed on my leg. So right, yeah.
1: So you're you're in <laughs> it to win it. I love that, man. <laughs> that so that was
0: that was that was a very random thing. It was uh, so I was texting Jeremy, and then I kind of like made a joke about it, and then he was like, "There's no way that you'll do that." And, uh, <laughs> shit for about 45 minutes later (laughs) I got a tattooed on my leg
1: yeah there you go (laughs) that's awesome
0: I mean because that like that right there I mean like that's like how much like I believe in like what more than baseball is doing like for like the minor leagues and like to help them with pay and resources and I mean it's
1: it's a huge deal huge deal oh yeah I mean, it's it's wonderful to be a part of an organization. Uh, You know, since the Save America's Pastime Act came back in, uh, what was that, March of 2018 was when I kind of first really kind of started waking up to this issue and and actually got in contact with Jeremy and uh, Slade when that that was founded. Uh, And they kind of started getting more than baseball going. And while I was still playing, I did some interviews with NPR and things like that, trying to get the word out uh, about the situation that was going on. And then those guys have just really taken and ran with it uh, after they had left the game, and and they've really thrown themselves uh, wholeheartedly into that, uh, including Simon rosenblum Larson, who's a current player, Harvard guy, super smart. Uh, He's doing a lot of player outreach for them as well. Uh, So those three guys, they worked their butt off um, for – not a lot of pay, just like, just like the minor league grinders yeah. out there, but they they work their butt off for these guys to to give them those resources and and help them uh navigate the stresses and the and the tough the tough road that can be uh minor league baseball at times uh, and, and I think they really showcased that here in the last year uh, with the pandemic going on, minor league baseball being shut down uh more than baseball I was able to give out grants to a lot of players, help help them financially. Like, I'm literally putting money in guys' pockets. Yep. Um, so, and they've had some great contributions from big leaguers, you know, like Adam Wainwright and and a lot of those guys wearing the cleats in the playoffs, bringing awareness to it. So, oh, yeah, it's really cool huge. to see that, that, was, that the organization that was, has, yeah, yeah, Slade and, and Simon and, and Jeremy have worked really hard to, to get the brand out there and, and more people are talking about the issue of, of minor league baseball and the treatment of players at that level, um, so I'm very excited to see the progress. There's still a lot of work to be done, of course, but the fact that we've pretty much been able to at least move the needle over the last few years in the right direction uh, is a huge testament to to the organization and, and those guys at the top uh, running the show. So, yeah, so I'm like, so when you visited
0: uh, other ballparks, like in like the visiting. Uh, clubhouses. What was the what was your least favorite meal that they would provide?
1: Well, so in Biloxi, Mississippi, I spent all of 2017 in Biloxi, Mississippi. And in the Southern League, you play five game sets and we would get basically the same five meals every homestand at Damn. the home ballpark. And <laughs> and one of the meals was like it was like Cheese, like pasta shells, and like this really gnarly, like brisket barbecue just covered in sauce. And that was it. <laughs> like, that was it. Like, it was just like gnarly mac and cheese and this kind of gr- s- bummy barbecue. And we would get that every homestand. It was like the third game of the set every single time, like clockwork. And, you know, after you're like, you know, you're 60, 70 games into, you know, your 60th home game of the year. You've had it. This is the 12th time you've had it.
0: (laughs) You're just like, oh, just sick and tired of brisket. Like you can't even look at it anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, I could eat mac and cheese almost every day, but if it's like, well, I mean, I could eat like Velveeta every day, even (laughs) even though that's like the bottom end of like the big corporation mac and cheese. But I mean, like if I had like a, like a homemade mac and cheese just every day that was not well taken care of i would get tired of that shit so fast
1: yeah it see see i'm a i'm a i'm a barbecue guy i'm from kansas city we know our barbecue around here so like you can't bring bummy brisket up to me (laughs) like i can't i can't do that like that's against that's against my religion here in kansas city you know that's that's our thing so uh yeah it was a tough it was a tough grind that year (laughs) It's the shit food in the minors. And that's why they call it the minor league grind. And it is getting better. Yeah. It is getting better. More teams – I think more teams are realizing that there's an investment to be made there. And that if you're providing proper nutrition for these guys at these levels. Because if you're not going to pay them, you can at least – Give provide food. them with some resource yeah give yeah. them some good food to eat after a ball game that they just busted their butt at for you know they were there in the game for three and a half hours but you don't see the all the four or five hours of prep work too that goes into that yeah you know it's i mean i mean like I at least give them like
0: a gym membership like for the off season
1: yeah to stay in shape Something, I, a couple of the suggestions that I've made is is pay the same salary, but pay it 12 months out of the year. Yep. Because minor league coaches get paid in the, like they get paid 12 months out of the year oh, because they're normal human beings oh, okay. with families and stuff. Well, I guess like so, name, you know, they get yeah. health insurance. You know, we get the health insurance and stuff year round, but why wouldn't you just pay us year round? Like you should pay us to train. Like that's our job. So, you know, True. even if it is, you're making 1500 bucks a month, you know but 1500 bucks a month 5 months out of the year versus 12 months out of the year that completely changes that completely changes the way you look at an off season and what you can do with your time you know what i mean yeah and that's what you you help out
0: with like with the financial stuff is to give them
1: yeah 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 i mean for depending on who you are i mean yep. we got to help we got to help you find a way somehow now whether or not that's you know for higher level picks that's living off your signing bonus, right? Like that's, that's – you're going you're gonna to draw down off your signing bonus. You're going to live off that. Um, you're going to invest a decent chunk of it uh, to try and make some of it grow. But then the rest, that's kind of what you have to invest in yourself as a ball player. Um, but those guys that are later round guys or seniors, they don't necessarily have that. Yeah. Now you're looking at you got to go find a job in the offseason. That's what I did, right? Like go wait yep. tables, work at give pitching lessons, whatever you got to do. And that just takes time and focus and energy away from being able to train and become an elite-level baseball player, which is what they're asking you to do. So let's say that –
0: okay, so I have a question. So if you get hurt and you're not playing – okay, so let's say that you're a pitcher and you get hurt. Do you get paid for being on the DL?
1: Yes. Yeah, you get paid while you're on the DL. And let – But if you're in rehab, like say, so let's say, you know, you are in June, right? Like you strain, you strain your UCL, right? Like 12 weeks, you're done. You're going to end up missing the rest of the season. Maybe you'll go to, you'll rehab. You'll go back to, oops, excuse me. You'll (laughs) go back to Arizona, right? You'll go back to Arizona or or Florida, wherever your, wherever your spring training's at. Then from there, you're, you're going to get paid through the end of the season of whatever Mm -hmm. affiliate you're at. And then after that, now you're back on the spring training plan where you're getting meal money, right? So you're making, you're getting 175 bucks a week. You know, that's basically is what you typically would get if you're staying in the team hotel. So you're getting 175 bucks a week and you're going into off season and then you'll probably play through Instructs, which is the same, same gig as spring training just in the fall where you're getting paid your meal money and you're staying in the team hotel and that's it. And then that's what happened to me. And then I got cleared right out of instructs and I went home for the off season after my first, after my first year of pro ball. And then it was like, okay, the money stopped. I still have to continue my exercise program to keep my shoulder healthy so I can yeah. pitch next year. But now I got to go find a job because oh, I need to pay for all these things. So, so pretty much don't get hurt and take care of yourself. Don't get hurt. <laughs> Get drafted in the first round and get to the big leagues as fast as you can. That's sounds, the recipe for success in professional sounds, baseball. It sounds pretty so easy. Uh, yeah, it's super simple. Uh, get I drafted think, in the first round. <laughs> get to the big leagues as fast as you can. I'm gonna I'm gonna declare uh, for the draft in
0: July and just make it happen. July 11th. I'll see you there. Deal. So okay. So you're saying like that you had to like, so you had a rehab, like your arm and all that. So what is the craziest thing that you have done to take care of your arm, of your arm that you've heard from other people? Like, the craziest
1: thing that I've done or the craziest thing that I've heard? Oh, both. Uh, let's do both, man. All right. So, um, I honestly, the craziest, the crazy, I don't know if this is crazy or not, but it was funny at the time. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, we had a guy – we were – I think it was in low a, We were playing in – I think it was Quad Cities. And a couple couple of our guys – you know, it was the end of the season, like late August, early September, you know, last couple of weeks of the year. Everybody's grinding. Like, yeah. everybody's hurt. I was already on the DL at the time, actually. <laughs> like, my shoulder was already banged up. Um, and we had a couple of relievers – uh, snort c4 in the clubhouse oh shit and then rub red hot on their arm and, and then get hot so that was probably you know snorting pre-workout so you just you know get a get a, get a buzz going and then uh and then run into the game so that that was probably the craziest thing i saw um uh, from somebody else um and then for me personally I, this is a pretty funny story you'll get a kick out of this one i think uh so i was i played in the mexican league uh in 2019 imagine down there oh okay (laughs) yeah so it's different down there man it's it's there's not a lot of rules it's kind of like a couple guys compared it like dude this is like what playing in the big leagues in the 90s was like like i was like i could see that like there was not a lot of rules a lot of a lot of crazy stuff going on uh but (laughs) so i made my first start went like five and a third innings we win the game Everything was good. You know, everybody's happy. I just signed out of any ball there. Everything was all good. (laughs) And the next day, come into the training room. We're on the road in this place called Oaxaca, which is, like, way south, like, south of Mexico City. So I'm sitting there in the training room, and I'm getting work done on my shoulder, you know, just getting a a massage, all that good stuff. And then the trainer goes, hey, papi, you know – Anoche like 93, 94, pretty good, you know, not bad. Like hey puppy, maybe two cc hgh, ninety-seven, nine <laughs> ninety-eight, you know, you know say. Hey. And I was and I was like, I was like, no, 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 no. It's like no, I'm good, I'm good. Like no, no HGH, no steroids. Damn. And then from there, then I was he's like, well, what about B twelve? And I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I've taken B12 shots before in college. Like they honestly are great. Like they Mm -hmm. really make you feel good. I was like, yeah, I can do that. And other American guys on the team were like, oh, you can get a B12 with Voltaren, which is like an anti-inflammation cream and pill that I had used actually got some right here because I figured I was going to show it. So straight (laughs) out of Mexico (laughs) right here. That's crazy. Uh. But so they they're like, yeah, it's great, man. You feel good for like four straight days. I was like, okay, yeah, like hit me with it. So like two days before my second start, they gave me the uh B12 and the Voltaren injection. I'm not – it could have been something else. Who knows? Dude, but that's I, what they told me it was. Down there, I guess you don't know, but I decided to go with it and try it. You got I felt pretty good. I hit 95, but I didn't get out of the second <laughs> inning. So, you know <laughs> – Take it for what it's worth, dude. I would
0: have. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like tap water for Mexico. I would not. I would not drink it, or I would not do it.
1: Yeah, that's that's one thing about traveling yeah. to Latin America because I played in in the Dominican a couple times as well. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Whenever you travel overseas, you just don't drink the tap dude, water. It
0: just like it's like the. I mean, I've done some pretty crazy shit, but I. I don't I don't think I would have taken a shot from from a trainer down there.
1: Hey
0: G H like
1: right, well, yeah. So I was but you know, other guys, other American guys that had been there for a little while, they were all like, Oh, that's it's cool. So I was like, Okay, you know what? I guess it was some peer pressure type stuff. I was like, Well, everybody yeah. else in the rotation rotation's doing it. I guess I'll I'll snag one of these as well. But I got released three weeks later, so I guess it didn't really work out so good for me. But <laughs> damn,
0: no, there's. I mean, like in high school, like I mean, I had like shoulder problems and elbow problems like all through high school, and I like I would probably have to take like, f- so I would take four leave before just normal practice, and four after, and then I would ice, and it, it, like my arm is dead, but then. Yeah. I think was uh my junior year. Uh, I tr- I took, I took a Viking like before I pitched, and then it was just like I I didn't feel my arm, so I just kept throwing throwing. I was like I feel great, and then uh yeah, and then I couldn't throw or anything for like seven days after that. Ooh yeah, you were just blown up. But I'm like, but then you get stuck on that. Well then I'll just take another one. And then you just keep going. That just ruins your body.
1: Yeah, that's that is def. That's how habits form for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I got stomach problems to this day. I have, I had a stomach ulcer in college. I mean, yep. I was a surgery survivor in college. And uh, before I got the surgery and got healthy, I was, you know, I was eating Celebrex, eating, you know, ibuprofen, way too many ibuprofen, and it, it rotted my stomach out a little it bit. Does. Like for real. Like I got a stomach ulcer. I, I to this day have. Some issues with that, you know, because it's just, it just – it burns up your insides. But at the same time, I was like – it was my junior year. I was trying to get drafted. We had just won do. the Big 12 Conference regular season. We were on a chance to go to Omaha. Like, what 20 – going on 21-year-old kid is going to say, I'm not going to pitch, or you can have the team doctor bring me my – celebrex every night after the game with my gatorade when the trainer comes by and that's That's true that's what it was man it was like big 12 tournament it was like you know we'd be in the hotel trainers coming by with the protein shake and the gatorade for everybody in their hotel room at night and then you know just the team doctor would be at certain doors if you needed if you needed your uh your anti-inflammatories or or you know your cold medicine whatever whatever you needed to like make sure that you were good to to go out and play in the tournament you know that was it you know nothing crazy but you know you you did what you needed to do so it's not like uh, the stuff you see on blue mountain
0: state when you just take a shot of rabies before to go out no
1: yeah blue (laughs) mountain state's a great tv show but uh definitely definitely a little bit out out there
0: (laughs) no there's i mean well so then what is it so like in college i mean i mean like before like weights and stuff i mean just because my arm hurt so bad and then and then like because this was before uh i guess before like, i had my shoulder like redone and it, i mean like we would straight up like take like i mean we would smoke weed just so we would like relax and then our arm would just i mean it
1: would it would help yeah i mean i think so at least Um. I'm a pro marijuana advocate. Uh, obviously, oh, sure. given my suspension history at the minor league level, uh, I am an advocate for marijuana. I did but not
0: know that. I did not know that you got suspended.
1: I did, yes. So I that was one of not one of my prouder moments, but I did do that. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, is they changed the rule. Like, they yeah. finally did change the rule. So now uh they no longer test for it at the minor or major they never tested for it at the big league level uh they only tested for it at the minor league level for a long time uh and then uh last year like about it was like 13 months ago they changed yeah. the rule um and started there they stopped testing for it in the minor leagues uh and i know a lot of guys at at the big league level that they use it when they go when you know you come home from a oh, game easily and and you're just trying to unwind relax take a load off get to sleep uh it's much better for you than than it is for alcohol because you know baseball is a game that you play every single day it's not like football or you know where you play once a week or even basketball where you usually get a night or two off in between games baseball is an everyday thing right so you show up every single day and you have to be at playing at the highest level especially if you're a position player you know so having a way that you can kind of unwind, relax, help yourself get to sleep. That's also not going to hurt your recovery process the way alcohol does. uh, I think is pretty beneficial. And I think that's why you saw, you know, at the big league level, they weren't testing for it because guys with the union were advocating like, Hey guys, like this is better for us than going out and drinking. And you know, like, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather come home, hit my vape, you know, come back to the hotel, hit my vape pen and watch a little TV and go to sleep. Right. Like that's, what and what would you rather your players be doing at the yeah, same see, time, it's, too? It's, so,
0: it like it's the same thing with like okay, I mean, like for me, I mean, I will, I mean, I will smoke weed or take an edible at night, and then I wake up in the morning, feeling great. Not, I mean, I'm mean like it doesn't roll over. But then I'm mean like, but then you got jobs that t- test for it. But then they allow their employees to go out and go drink which therefore they're hung over in the morning and that's like the same with like the everyday playing i mean what would you rather your players do
1: yeah and you know you gotta think about it just from the the way the body recovers too you know how alcohol affects your sleep patterns how 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 um, it affects your your muscle tissue recovery things like that dehydrates you um there's there's a lot of negatives that come with alcohol and uh, you know a lot of people just be like why don't you just not do anything (laughs) oh it's like well you try and play into the big leagues you know like you try you try keeping this schedule so that that's kind of the 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 snapback that i always have for people on that but uh, that's kind of that's kind of my two cents on it
0: no i i'm i'm definitely on your side i mean like because i i see stuff like on twitter like all the time i mean like about Like the players that you see. I mean, they're like out and about, and then fans will say, "Hey, like, hey, like, why are you out doing this, like, after the game?" I would say, "Because you make this amount of money to play baseball, so why are you doing this, like, after the game?" It's like, well, they're people too, and they're just having fun. I mean, that's just what you do.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's a thing that I think a lot of people don't or lose sight of when it comes to super amazing athletes or you know and even like in the ncaa tournament i mean i don't know if you've seen any of some of the messages that kids were getting Dude, sent like yes. that one kid from ohio state yeah, that was i fucked mean fucked up you know and that's just it's just terrible man i mean these people are human beings like could you imagine if somebody you know i always kind of in the in the, the minors i kind of always joked with my team it's like could you imagine if we made a commercial where like we walked into just random office buildings like around town and just heckled people the way they heckle us in the bullpen. Like, could you imagine if I just walked into like some insurance company? It's like, hey, Billy, hey, Billy, you're a bum. Your spreadsheets are awful. (laughs) Go back to grad school, you idiot. Like, you know, or whatever. Like, hey, (laughs) hey, can I have your stapler? Hey, hey, can I have your stapler if you break it like I w- I just think that would be hilarious like people just think that because they're on tv or they're you know yeah. they're playing a game that they get to just they get a free pass and that's not the case like that isn't your fellow human being over yeah. there
0: it's it's I mean like we're doing like the podcast stuff it's just I mean you guys are just you guys have cool jobs right it's like having a buddy with a really cool job yeah and that's i mean and that's like how i see it and then okay then like because there's people like that i talk to and then they think it's just like they're like holy shit like like you talked like to so-and-so and And it's like yeah but they're just the same they're just normal people right well i mean yeah i like they might have like a verified little check by your name but that doesn't change anything well it shouldn't you would hope exactly i mean i'm like but i'm like but the way that people view i mean like professional sports even college sports like with like march madness going uh, like with march madness
1: going on right now it's it's crazy athletes we're people too (laughs) exactly and that kind of goes back that kind of honest you know to kind of bring it back to my to my shtick about uh minor league pay you know and to bring exactly. that all back about you know athletes being humans you know it's like we're trying like this is a human being trying to do something that is extremely extremely difficult and it requires resources and investment and time yep. to be able to do the things necessary like it's already hard enough like one you know it's like you see the like during March Madness you see these commercials all the time less than two percent of athletes go pro right so you're already the elite of the elite, and then you're trying to be the 1% of the 1%. Yeah. And then they're expecting you to get there on eight grand a year, right? So that's, that's, where, that's where the rub comes. It's like you got to make an investment in these people and treat them like a human being and invest yeah. some capital into these human beings who are part of your organization. Pay the kids, yeah, and then let them play <laughs> exactly.
0: Well,
1: no, with I'm, fans, with fans, uh, <laughs> at least in some shape or form. It doesn't—it doesn't have to be a hundred percent just yet. I'm not saying we go Texas Rangers on them, but let, let's get Dude, the fans in there, I, man. I, I lit.
0: I looked at tickets like for opening day at Texas, just because I wanted to go to the like a hundred percent the capacity just to experience it.
1: Do you think they'll get there? Do you think it'll sell out? And like do you think oh yeah there's forty five thousand people in Texas willing to go to that game at once? You think I think there is in Texas. I think there will be for sure. I I legit think that they will sell out. I mean I hope so.
0: That'll probably be the only game that Texas Rangers sell out. But
1: well, maybe not if they're the only ones that allow fans, fans you know. Well, okay, so if it's just the Rangers, I'm like, what about Houston? Well, I'm saying 100% capacity.
0: Oh, hell. Do you, I know that – I, or I guess like from here. So, uh, I know that the people really want to go to like I, – I think that people who
1: are non-baseball fans will even go. Just to do something? Just to do something. I mean, I'm bored. Are you bored? Well, you're not bored. You're the busiest person alive. But <laughs> I, I am, dude. Uh, I'm trying I mean, to go out.
0: I mean, yeah, I would go for sure. I
1: think they will sell out. And then hopefully everybody stays safe. That's the only other thing is, like, maybe they do it and get away with it and just everything goes smooth. I hope that I... Here you go. I was just going to say, I just... I hope that they they pull it off. I hope it goes smooth. I hope it works. I hope we can get – I hope everybody can open this back up as sooner rather than later safely and we can kind of get back to it. Because I, I would love nothing more to see a summer of baseball with with fans in the stands. I and mean, You know, late July, you know, July 4th, yeah. and, like, people are back in the stands. You got just, – just get that vibe going. Like, you'd be like, oh, man, okay, we're back. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I would love for that to happen. It's – I mean, with – let's say I think Seattle's going to have 25% capacity Mm -hmm. this year, which, I mean, I think they'll hit the
1: 25%. Oh, yes. I mean, they do that probably just in season tickets, I would think. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close.
0: I mean, mean, what is it? Well, Seattle for sure – uh, so when I was a uh, season ticket for the Marlins, that was, that'd have been a little rough. Well, that's the Marlins. Nobody goes to those games. Okay. I, <laughs> I, hey, I went to 46 games. I was like, I mean, yeah, you
1: and 46 other people.
0: <laughs> there, there was a few nights where there was barely anyone. And then they would announce like over like the intercom say, Hey, like, I'm mean, like viewer up high, please come sit down low. And then that's only for, the TV, so it looks, yeah. So it looks fuller. Well, yeah. There was a so I know I'm like I'm like being like on like the Cubs pages and all that stuff. I mean, that's gonna be sold out all year. And say I mean I'm 86,000th in line for season tickets. So that's in, a that's hot ticket, do. man. A lot Dude,
1: of people trying to get on that. Once I get on that list, that
0: that will be forever. That will be a forever thing.
1: Yeah, that's why you're seven thousand or 86,000th in line because everybody okay. else is thinking the same thing. But I am actually
0: content with that because uh, over the past two years, I've jumped up about 40,000. So, I mean, So in you're odds, saying there's a chance. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So there's a chance and then that'll, that'll be my uh, gift to my grandkids.
1: Do I get to be, how many tickets do you get? Uh, I haven't decided yet. Oh, I mean, I say, do I get to come with you to your first season taking game? Well, if I'm like able to walk
0: by the time True. I mean I guess
1: I'm getting ahead of myself here. That might not man. happen this century.
0: <laughs> the the century the, the Cubs,
1: What's gonna happen first? The Cubs win another World Series or you get season tickets. <laughs> oh
0: shit. Uh that's actually I wonder hmm. Probably the Cubs win a World Series. I sure hope so for your sake as a fan do i mean i'm i'm good to tell with the one i mean the whole like the whole story with 2016 that was i'm good to tell with and that's one. why you guys are the lovable losers <laughs> <laughs> we're we're, we're good with the we got every our century. one i'm good for another 86 i mean it's i mean like cuz i kind of like i kind of like make fun of what is it uh, it's like the yankee fans like who haven't gotten a World Series in a while and then they say, Oh yeah, but we have twenty seven. It's like, you know, I kind of understand. I will say, yeah. We got our three, but but we won to sixteen, So that's
1: Yeah, I just <laughs> growing up with the Yankees, I mean, I was born in ninety three, so I just oh, yeah, learned yeah. what baseball was and it was just like the Yankees or the GOATs. Like it was yep. Jeter, Rivera, Clemens—like it was—they were just killing everybody. So I, I was all in on the Yankees as a young kid because they were just destroying everybody. And I was like, "This is amazing! These guys are awesome." It's, I mean,
0: yeah, because well, born in '94. Since there wasn't baseball, well, I mean, well, there was, but the st- whole strike happening, and then I guess just pretty much. I guess I was cursed from the get-go. Like there wasn't baseball, and since there wasn't baseball last year, I mean like for the f- that first part, that's just how my life goes. So I think I saw my one. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you got m- one more than a lot of Cubs fans. That's true. Yeah, there was a. Let's see. I don't. I don't think the Brewers have one, do they? No. How, how how do you think the NL central will go this year?
1: Brewers are the best team in that division. I'm all in on the Brewers this year. I believe in my boys. I'm all in on the Brewers this year. They're so good. Dude, Woodruff, at the top of that rotation, gross. Good. Brandon Woodruff is a freaking stud. Most underrated number one in Dude, the big leagues, I'm he, telling you right now. Hot most- take. Here's a hot take for you. Brandon Woodruff, most underrated number one in the big leagues right now. Not even. I that I, hey, I would pick Kyle
0: Hendricks over Brandon Woodruff any day.
1: I feel like we should just end the podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. Kendricks has been good, but man, Woody's a real deal. He's looked sharp. Uh, they got Corbin Burns, who looks—he yeah. looks sharp. He's—he's kind of got it dialed in. I was on his team in 2000. What was that? 17? Yeah, 2017 when he was just killing people. Oh my gosh, and he looks like he did then. Like he is dialed in. He looks yeah. disgusting. Um, and then that bullpen, dude. I mean, you got Hader and Williams. Like dude, you get to the eighth that, inning with a lead, the game's <laughs> over. It's, you know what I mean. It's like
0: rough. That is the worst part about watching the Cubs play the Brewers. I mean, cause like you have to get up, like you have to get them early.
1: Yeah. So like I awesome. said, I mean, you get to the eighth inning with a lead against the Brewers games over. You might as well just go home. Like you not winning that one. You, you, you good luck getting a hit. Honestly, with them two at the back end of the road at the, of the bullpen, like a hit should count as a run at that point. Like they're that good.
0: It's, I mean, so on fantasy baseball, I would always pick up Brandon Woodruff. Like you said,
1: it's like – it's very underrated. I think he's going to punch 200 this year if he stays healthy. Really? I, I, dude, I think – dude, he's got the real deal stuff, man. Top end stuff, I think he's going to put it together. I got him having a huge year this year. So, okay. So, with you saying that, what's
0: your prediction, prediction for the awards – so, who do you say – okay, so let's start with the AL. AL MVP.
1: Uh, is it a cop-out to say Trout? Uh, no, because I was saying – Because he was saying some stuff about figuring out some He just swing figured out stuff. his swing. It's like – I'm help. like, if Trout figured something out, like, he's going to hit 450. So, I'm going <laughs> to say Trout until otherwise Easy. on the MVP. Cy Young. That's a little tricky. Um I'll give you mine. Uh, yeah, who you got? Lucas Geely though. Going in White Sox, huh? Yep. Yeah, he's he's pretty gross. Um man, I'm trying to think. I that's a good pick. I don't even Julio um Barrios from Minnesota like True. he might he might he might come up he's pretty good um and then Shane Bieber like pff, Dude, I was actually, reading a stat yeah. I was reading an article about him today that was talking about how he does not throw the ball over the plate and he just gets people to swing at it so I, I'm going to go I'm going to have to go with I'm going to have to go with Shane Bieber uh, in the AL. I mean, I – or uh,
0: Tristan McKenzie. He's young from a Cleveland.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's sick. not going to th- – is he going to throw 200 innings? Are the Indians going to let him throw 200 innings? Probably not, but – Yeah, like, like they're going to shut him down at 50 150 years. and he won't qualify. Yeah. But so yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Shane Bieber.
0: Okay. Uh, let's see.
1: Let's just go NL. NL MVP. Uh, I, I got, I got Pete Alonzo just going bonkers really? up there. I got Pete Alonzo hitting another fifty jacks this year and just going bonkers. I think the Mets are gonna be good, man. They got Steve Cohen. They got the new owner. Cause I got. I got Alonzo winning MVP and I got DeGrom going again on the Cy Young. And I got the Mets being really good. I got DeGrom going Cy Young. I mean like for MVP. Look at I mean he looked so good this spring. Like his like he keeps going up. His he's sitting a hundred. Like he's sitting a hundred as a starter. And he'll go a hundred through eight. Yes. With a 94-mile-an-hour wipeout slider, it's, um, it's incredible to watch him throw, man. I would He's a special, special guy. In that, in that box. You know, I'm not sleeping on Scherz, Max Scherzer in a full season, but until otherwise, I mean, ain't nobody throwing the ball better than DeGrom. I've, I mean, I've always wanted – what was it? Uh,
0: so, last year I chose U Darvish like, to win the Cy Young just because I was biased on that whole choice. And he actually—I mean, well, I mean, he got second. So I, Yeah, I was—I well, was pretty stoked on that.
1: My bias pick for Cy Young in the AL was going to be John Means, but I figured <laughs> that would be—that's too much home cooking. So I—I'll I'll, go—I'll hey, go somewhere else.
0: Crazier things have happened.
1: Hey, it's not crazy. Dude's an All Star. He's nasty. See? So there you go. The Orioles just stink, <laughs> and they're actively trying to lose. So, I. Do not doubt that one. It's rough. I mean, they're, yeah, they got rid of <laughs> the only good players that the guys that actually contributed, they got rid of for the most part. It's crazy. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, like, but that's what
0: losing, te- losing teams do, though. They say, oh, well, we're not going to be good for the next five years. Get rid of them. Yep.
1: And that's, that's pretty much why we're going to be at a strike probably yeah. next year because of the tanking issue.
0: Uh well yeah, I mean if you look at what well, okay. Well the Padres are different. I because mean, they still have like one of the top farm systems and they just spent all this money and signing and trading. It's
1: yeah, well, Preller's a genius. That guy's an absolute I mean, he built an unbelievable big league roster. He had a blank check to do it, which helps, but he's built an unbelievable roster. A lot of their pitching staff is homegrown, yeah. and they still got help coming from down in the minor leagues as either trade ships are coming up uh, as young contributors. So that dude Preller over there in San Diego, yeah, he, he's the real deal. It's – I mean,
0: then what was it? So, like, with, like, the Marlins situation, I thought that was smart. Uh, fans – well, the other 46 fans who were there uh, did, not, did not think that was smart. And like dude, I would argue with I would like I would argue with them about it. And and I would just be like, this is unreal.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't know, it's just it's you're supposed to compete as hard as you can with what you with the resources that you got, in my opinion, in professional sports. Losing on purpose is against the spirit of sports. I mean, in some cases
0: that's uh very, very frowned upon, especially, I mean, I would say because there's people who who can't, can't be inducted into the Hall of Fame because they lost on purpose or they bet against themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, isn't that – that's the crazy part is, like, where do you draw the line? Like, losing on purpose for draft picks or losing on purpose for money? It's still losing on purpose. Like, on principle, as a – you know, in the world of sport, that doesn't compute with no sports. I mean, you have to try your best to win the game every time.
0: And I think that's I, like the whole, okay. Should, should Peter Rose be in the hall of fame?
1: Oh, absolutely! what? Yes. 1000%. Should Barry Bonds be in the hall of fame? Yeah. Barry Bonds is the best baseball player I've ever seen. Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. He's the home run king, and he's he's best he's the best offensive player in the history of baseball. He's better offensively than Babe Ruth. Did I think that Babe Ruth is a
0: mythical creature and he's not real, or or he is real, just just to make people happy?
1: Yeah. So they did didn't you, walk. Ba- hey, they didn't walk Babe Ruth with bases loaded, though. They only did that to one guy. That is true, and. So there's, so there's a,
0: so I went down a YouTube loophole, and there was a video of this guy, or he, he broke down the whole, uh, the whole entire year that Barry Bonds broke the on-base percentage record, and it's unreal. And I mean, at like the number of times that he got walked with bases loaded.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. Easy. Yeah, like, they did it multiple times. They were just like, we're not going to let you be." in. And it's not like he had a scrub behind him. Like, he had Jeff Kent. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's not like he w- – it wasn't like this dude was hitting 230 behind him. Like, the guy behind him was an all-star too. They were just like, no. Nah. Yeah. Like, we're just not going to pitch to Barry. So, yes, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. But – So, do you think that – Roger st- Clemens should be in the Hall of yes. Fame.
0: Uh. Well, yeah, so uh was it Kurt Schilling t- took himself off the ballot like for next year,
1: yeah, Kurt Sh- look, yeah, Kurt Schilling, man, you know I'm not much one for defending the character cause, but it seems like he might be the one guy where I'd be like, "Dude, you're kinda just spewing filth on the internet i I don't know, and he to me he is he a lock hall of famer before like i i I thought he was like he'd get in but it'd probably be a little bit later but i guess most people have him more as like a lock type hall of famer
0: yeah before
1: before everything kind of has gone down online
0: i see i i don't know it's a pretty gray area with him but i mean like the whole fact of like they won't induct bonds or clemens it's it's rough. It's like, I think that, like, during the 90s, and like, how, like, everything went down, like, the 90s, early 2000s, like, baseball, I mean, it, w- it was great. But people went and watched, like, the guys who took, who, took, who took steroids. And, like, it was an obvious thing that they were doing it. And then they brought people to the game. So, did steroids save baseball?
1: This is a great way to end this podcast. Yes, 100%. I am a firm believer. I mean, you look at what happened with the attendance after the 94 strike. You look at what happened with all that. And then all of a sudden, you have the summer of 98. The summer of 98 for me is the first summer I remember watching baseball. I remember sitting there in the living room all summer long, watching Sosa and McGuire just hit bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb. Yeah. And now you look back, like, you know – you got, I got older and I was, you know, in college and started looking back on these documentaries and things of that summer. Like these guys look like freaking guys out a slug fest, man. Yeah. Like, yes, it's so obvious looking back what these guys were doing and nobody cared ball flying out of the yard. People yeah. were loving it. It brought baseball back. So yes, a hundred percent steroid saved baseball is, and let's just admit it. Let's just call it what it is. It was a part of that era and then we, now we're testing. We're keep, we, the game has changed. The doping mechanisms have changed, and we're trying to keep the game clean now. But let's just let's just call a spade a spade. Steroids were good for the entertaining entertainment portion of the game at the time. It's a black mark on the game, but we just need to move past it. And you can't really fault those guys for doing it because so many people were doing it. That yeah. that's my two cents on that.
0: No, I 100% agree with you. I think that there should be. So like with like the XFL like for uh, the NFL, dude, there should there should be something like for baseball. That would be insane. Yeah, you know I, what? Screw it. Actually, actually, I think I think they call that a uh, men's slow pitch softball. I think that's what they call that.
1: <laughs> yes, I think that is what they call that. Well, let's uh,
0: let's wrap it up a little bit. Jonathan, what's your? Uh, what's your next move what is your next move in the baseball world?
1: Uh, my next move is we're just uh continuing to work with with minor league guys at more than baseball just giving those guys resources as the season starts giving them some tips and tricks uh we've got a newsletter coming out for them now you know we're going to be putting out videos for players just throughout the season uh to help them you know give them some entertainment, try and keep it a little lighthearted, but at the same time, like, Hey, we understand the economic reality or situation. Here's a couple ideas that can help you uh, get through that a little bit easier based on, you know, our personal experience. Um, so who have got as players or former players who have gone through it before. Uh, and then other than that, just, just continuing to help people with their money, just get their money, right, invest for their long-term future. Uh, and I just, Make sure people have it all squared away, uh, and I love doing it. What about you, man? What's up for you?
0: Uh, let's see. So today I launched a uh, merchandise website. I did that today. Casual. Then, yeah, you know, just launching websites, and then uh, point to you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. And then, uh, but no, I don't know. I, uh, I have no idea. There's a lot of things that I have ideas for, that. I think are crazy, but I think I'm gonna do what I can to try and figure it out.
1: They're so crazy, you just might do it.
0: Exactly. That is the Heck. name of that's the name of the game for me. Life's oh great. yeah, Mason. Life, life is never dull, ever. Always busy, never sleep, and I enjoy the shit out of it.
1: The life of Mason Hall. Cheers to that, my it really friend. It is
0: wild. Loaded basis
1: podcast, first repeat offender. Happy to be here. Hey, well, I appreciate it. All right, bro. I think we're good.